This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day. Welcome to Keep It Simple, the internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network with Pastor Xavier. How are we doing today? Good, Tony. How about yourself? Good. Enjoying, ready for uh, the Lord's work of the day. Uh, <laughs> There's crickets in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's summer. <laughs> also with go. us in the studio today, our production engineer, John Duran. Hi, everybody. This is episode 193. We're in the 90s. Amen. Yeah. And Pastor Sam Tirado helping us with video today. Amen. We're going to take some time today, Pastor Xavier, to do something. Uh, actually, I've wanted to do for a long time, and that's uh, take a more detailed view of some different characters from the scripture. Uh, we've, you know, talking about the scripture, talking the Bible up um, in this program and at the church in different ministries. How useful is it for us as believers to have a really detailed understanding of the different people from the scripture, especially, you know, to understand their, their connection to the Lord? How useful is that to us? Well, every person that's recorded in history, um, beginning with Adam, as we'll look today, is significant because of the relationship to God, the events that happen with them towards God, the consequences, the blessings. But it's all based upon well, the first man that we're going to see, Adam. He sets the foundation for all of this because he is the, um, the head of the human race. He represents it, and um, he disobeyed, and he brought upon consequence to the whole human race. And so based on that, then from that position, every person has to have that relationship with God through the new birth. Otherwise, they're lost and in sin, as we'll see. And so Adam is really the key person to understand everything else that happens afterwards and why it exists and why the world is the way it is. And if we don't have that biblical view, then you will have a worldview uh, of um, the humanists, of the atheists, of mm -hmm. the philosophers, or whatever uh, view you want. But it's not going to be an accurate view of what's going on. Um, now, the observations may often be accurate, but the premise is not right, therefore right. the conclusion is not going to be the right. The foundation's messed up. Right. Interesting that you mention that because, you know, Adam is the foundation of the human race. But the book of Genesis itself really gives us a really clue, clear perspective right. of the, the whole, beginning of everything. Right, the book of beginnings, beginning yeah. of creation, uh, man, uh, sin. Um, salvation, um, human everything. confusion, everything. Yeah, it's all right there in the book of Genesis. Pastor X, what does the name Adam actually mean? Um, Adam, um, as you know, he um, he is mentioned in the first chapter. The etymology is uncertain. Some believe that it's ruddy or earth-born. Um, um, again, sometimes we don't know, but there's a play on words with it, where it says God formed man. Adam from the dust of the ground, and Adma, Adam of the earth man. And so there's an affiliation with the creation of who he is and what he was made of, the dust and all. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and certainly God creates um, uh, from just speaking forth as the creation was. And then he breathes into the nostrils of man. Sometimes that's hard for people to understand. They start to say, well, I don't know if I really believe that. 
Well, the question I have for people who do not believe that, so you're going to tell me that you think it's easier to believe that everything in our universe, everything that's so intricate, the, the gene factor, the DNA, uh, the molecule, the protons, the neutrons, everything just happened through an explosion? <laughs> I mean, I, I think you, you better believe about the revelation of Scripture. That's a lot of that, faith. That's more credible. <laughs> Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as you talk about that because... One of the things we deal with pretty regularly has to do with cosmology, how everything got to be here and how the Lord puts stuff together. A um, hundred years ago, maybe 150 years ago, people, the, the general idea of the complexity of uh, the scientific building blocks of life and, uh, and even matter, uh, energy and all those things were very, very simple in the minds right. of people. It wasn't, wasn't a lot of detail there. And today we understand it a lot more. We understand right. that. Um, I heard somebody describe recently, you know, 100 years ago, what did people think the simple cell was like? And they said, well, it would be like, you know, a thatch roof lean-to. And today, what do we understand the simple cell to be like? Yeah. More like the Saturn V rocket, right. you know? It's and not as simple as they thought. No. Yeah. And the interesting thing to me about that is that maybe in 100 more years, it might be a lot more complicated right. than we understand right. today. Right. Um, so the scripture uses some very specific language, and you mentioned concerning the creation of Adam. And actually, we find... It's uh, mentioned in a couple of different places. God mentions the creation of Adam, I guess, in chapter 2, and then goes on uh, and mentions it again a little bit later from a different perspective. Right, right. Um, the image and likeness of God. Um, Adam is formed in that way, and it's recorded in Genesis one twenty six. And image and likeness seems to be, and you find this sometimes in uh, Hebrew, it's parallelism. Um, okay. That, that either uh, emphasizes and confirms or it elaborates and expands, but they're parallelism. So the first time the phrase uh, appears in Genesis 1.26, and the second one is in Genesis 5.3. And um, the commentary of theology, uh, word book Old Testament, defines likeness and image as the following. Likeness amplifies and specifies the meaning of image so as not to make man another like God, but a creation and faithful representative of God on earth. Hmm. And so likeness means resemblance, similitude, a model or shape or pattern. God's the creator. We are the creature. Um, uh, the word is used for, uh, of the image of, of God in Ezekiel. In other places. So the context is going to tell you what image is being spoken mm -hmm. about. Okay. When man is created after the image and likeness of God. When you look at the word image, the word means shade. And it means likeness, resemblance, or illusion, a representation. Sometimes it's used in scripture for idols. Okay. The representation of a false god. Mm -hmm. So the context is very, very important. Um, so when you look at, God, at, at the record of that Adam is creating an image and likeness of God, it, it gives him a potential in terms that he has a, he has a physical being which God does not. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's important the contrast between the two. But he has a moral being, he has an, an intellectual being, and he has a spiritual being. 
God is, uh, is an, he has an intellect, he's moral, and he is spirit. Mm -hmm. And in that image and likeness, God has extended that capacity and potential for man. Wow. It's interesting. That's one of the things we always deal with when we're talking about uh, the ramifications of the issue of abortion in our culture yeah. as people have take it upon themselves, they have this authority to take the lives of unborn children. Right. And the, the thing with, with me, I always represent the issue. I say, well, either man is created in the image of God or he's not. Right. One of the two, you yeah. have to make a choice. And if God, if man is actually created in, as you say, in the image and likeness of God, then we have a responsibility how we treat Mm -hmm. other human beings. God will hold us accountable. Even unborn ones, yeah. yes. From the beginning, God holds man accountable for the blood of other men. Yeah. Uh, the first thing Noah got off the boat, God said, the man that sheds blood must shed his, his blood, blood. Should be shed Amen. for him. And that's capital punishment. Yeah. We're not talking about accidental deaths. We're not talking about some other circumstance. We're talking about murder. murder. Yeah. Intending to kill somebody, whether mm -hmm. it's on the spot or whether it is premeditated then that person was to, because otherwise the blood pollutes the land. Yeah. And we look to our land, we look to our nation, we look to our world. And because um, uh, evil is not deterred by the consequence of removing the evil, therefore evil flourishes Amen. and it's not good. I suppose, you know, you could make a correlation between the rise of humanism in the world and the absence of capital punishment. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Because the premise again of humanism is that man is good yeah. and therefore they believe he can be rehabilitated yeah. and reformed. Well, history doesn't prove that at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, I don't know where they get their evidence. No. And when they think man is good, what, what world are they looking at? Yeah. Uh, what history? What nation? What race? It's Mexican, American, <laughs> Indian, black. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. No. Jeremiah 79 says, the heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked. It's like, you know, socialism, which is the, the flavor of the month, I guess. Right. You know, and you, nobody's ever done it right, but we're going to do right. it. We're, we're going to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Obama said to his audience, we are the ones we've been waiting for. <laughs> what a lie. What a deceptive lie. Yeah. The, the sad thing is, is that they... These they people it. really believe it. Sure. They do. Yeah. So, you know, we have the creation of the animals listed for us in Genesis, but the creation of man is a, has a lot more detail to it. Right. And actually, we said before, mentioned a couple of different times. Um, it, it's pretty straightforward in the scripture, Pastor Xavier, why the Lord created Adam. Do we understand why he did it? Well, Certainly, God was not lonely. No, He didn't need fellowship. Amen. But um, but God has made Adam um, for the purpose of um, of um, uh, fellowship with other human beings, mm -hmm. companionship. Uh, he gives Eve as his wife. He brings her to Adam. This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She'll be called woman. And he saw himself. Remember that she was taken from his curved side, not literally a Hebrew. Not literally a, a, a rib in the Hebrew, but flesh, bone, and blood. And he created the woman, more refined, mm -hmm. uh, not as muscular, everything. And man was created from the dust of the ground. And so she's to be by his side. 
and for companionship, for uh, cohabitation, to continue the human race, uh, to be a social influence um, to the world. And there are many things that God, and God wants to use man to reach the laws because as we're going to see Adam falling, he perpetuated that sin nature um, unto the human race. The whole human race yeah. So first of all, fellowship with God, but not because God was lonely. Mm -hmm. To have dominion over everything, he said. That's control. Yeah. Adam gave the names to all the animals. Adam had control of all the animals. Mm -hmm. The animals at that point were not fierce. And um, he's caring for the garden. He has everything there, the tree of life. There's only one thing he can't eat, of good and evil. One rule. One Amen. rule. Amen. And you talk about uh, the creation a couple of times. Now, there are some different words in the Hebrew for, for God's ability to create. And uh, one is, I think, a bara, bara yeah. which is to create from nothing. From nothing, absolutely nothing. Only, it's the thing that only right. God can do. Nobody right. else can he do this. He says, light be, and it was. Amen. Now, the word for creating man is not that word, is it? No. It's a different word. He There's two words that are used back and forth. Create, borrow from nothing, and then Asa, okay. to assemble existing materials. Okay. So in other words, the, the revelation of the scripture is that God created everything out of nothing. Yeah. He spoke it into yeah. being. And then you have the record in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Boom. That's the proclamation of God's... Uh, revelation. He is responsible for everything that you'll ever see and that exists. And then he goes through and, and gives the condition of the earth as it was then. Um, doctor upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God started to bruise, hover back and forth and he goes the first day, the second day, the third, fourth, boom, boom, all the way to the sixth, the seventh, he rested. And so he gives the process of that creation that he created, the material, mm -hmm. and he assembles it. But he spoke everything into it. That's the easiest way to say it, that he created everything and then he assembled some things and put them together and gives us the record of that. Mm. And, uh, and, and as you look at the, um, the, the days that creation went, they go contrary to evolution. Yeah. Completely. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, um, the, the grass, all of that before the sun's up, different things, you know, there's no way you can have that. Yeah. So um, you have to either believe God created everything and can maintain life without the sun until he created the sun or that it's just a lie, one of the two, but you can't have it both ways. It's interesting, too, as we get smarter with science, we learn things. The things that are legitimate in science really point to the witness of Scripture. Sure. The way that even though Genesis is kind of poetic, sure. it's factually accurate for us. Sure, sure. One of the things that really stands out to me is the planets being added after the sun, mm -hmm. which for many, many you know generations, uh, cosmology taught that the planets all came from the sun and they right. were all there at the same time and sort of cooled right. off. And, and it was all an explosion. Yeah, it was all from an explosion. So and order comes out of uh, the chaos. Yeah. That's well, a philosophy good luck of, with of that. evolution. <laughs> but it, uh, we know now that, I mean, some of the planets uh, rotate in the wrong direction. The wrong direction. And some of them actually, I think, one of them goes end over end. Yeah. Just um, like the, the toilet bowl. If you're in the north or the south <laughs> pole, it depends which way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be only on Earth. But yeah, it's true. True, uh, uh, but the thing is, is that you know the scripture says that the planets were a later addition. Right. 
And, right. and so we, yeah. we believe that they are. And once again, it's to, it's to magnify the omnipotence of God. Amen. He's all-powerful. A question, rhetorical question that they asked Jeremiah and Abraham is, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything impossible for me? There's only one correct answer. No, nothing is. Amen. Nothing. So when you, it depends how big your God is. Mm -hmm. If your God is limited, then, then he's limited to your own limitations that you put upon him. Yeah. When your God is omnipotent and there's nothing he cannot do, then you believe what he has revealed. Amen. Now, what's interesting, you said and you mentioned it earlier, that as science progresses, uh, science um, is, is, is a, a um, continuous practice and study. To move and target, yeah. And so what we believe was scientific fact 150 years ago, yeah. 50 years later it was not. Yeah. So men are doing the best they can to assess the facts and evidence that they have as way, the, the way they understand the world to bring out the concluding statement of truth, but it's based on a false premise, once again, that everything evolved millions yeah. and yeah. billions of years. Well, it's impossible. It's impossible for the, as we mentioned, the most simple cell. There isn't enough time, even the billions or trillions of years, for the simple cell to evolve no. No. to the complex factor that it's in. That's it's right. impossible. Yeah. And so science will continue to progress and will continue to correct itself. Um, we're not saying that it's fraudulent. It is exercised in the utmost intellectual honesty to try to assess and measure and conclude with the evidence that brought. But there is a hijacking of science today. Amen. Yes. And it's, 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 it's a corrupted, uh, not only by the evolutionary model, but since people have been deceived to believe for a hundred years from 1900 to 2000 that the entire um, that the world was overpopulated yes which for a hundred years anybody if they did the math they would find out it's stupid yeah. it's a lie yeah. that's not a miscalculation that's a purposeful lie of indoctrination Amen. and even now people believe it well it's like we've moved on from overpopulation right. to to uh, climate change and global right, warming. Right. And it's for global control. It is. Globalism. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, the Green New Deal, I, I heard the other day, the Green New Deal is actually science weaponized into politics. Right, right. There's right. no science about it. No. None no. whatsoever. They just use right. facts right. from Even different like, places. The, the simple thing that everybody's aware of right now is mm -hmm. the COVID. Yeah. Uh, the, the mask, non-scientific. Yeah. The social distancing, non-scientific. Yeah. It's, I mean, there yeah. are aspects about social distancing. If you're sick and you stay a certain amount of, away yeah. from, but this whole six feet but idea. Not, but not this six feet no. stuff, okay? No, unfortunately. Um, the vaccine, mm -hmm. you still have to wear a mask and that. Well, it's not a vaccine, non-scientific. Yeah. Um, lockdowns, non-scientific. In fact, if you're locked down, you get you're gonna sick get sick. More, That's okay? right. So the, 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 the COVID models from the beginning with Fauci, unscientific. Yeah. It's all politically driven Yes. to put fear in people and to deceive people and to control people. 
What is uh, First John tells us? All the world lies in the hand of the evil one, man. The sway of the wicked one. That's it. It's yeah. science, but if you look at the letter S, there's a dollar sign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. I've never heard that, John. I just made that that's, up, actually. <laughs> From our, our perspective, as we're talking about Adam today, the most significant issue in Adam's life has to be his disobedience to the Lord. Right. Are there some important details we need to understand about that? Well, the fall of Adam, um, we, we were told that they were solicited by the serpent through Satan. Right. Okay? And Adam had a choice to obey or disobey. So we need to understand the, the, the nature of Adam prior to the fall in as far as we can with what is given to us. We know that he wasn't perfect like God because Amen. he wasn't equal to God. But he did have... Uh, for the lack of a better word, let's just say um, the potential of perfection as God's likeness and similitude uh, with the potential of failure until he failed, then he had no potential to not fail. So prior to the fall, he could obey. He had not sinned mm -hmm. because death is a result of sin. So prior to the fall, Adam could have obeyed God, but he chose not to obey God. Amen. The same with Eve, and Eve is the initiator who was deceived. Adam mm -hmm. would transgress. That's the difference. That's a really important distinction, yeah. isn't it, between and, Adam and, and, and Eve? therefore, God holds Adam responsible because he's the federal head of man. Right. He created man first. Mm -hmm. Paul the Apostle speaks to Timothy and says, let not a woman um, be teacher in the church. Mm -hmm. A pastor teacher. Right. Okay? Why? He said because Adam was created first and Eve was deceived. It's not cultural. It's not male chauvinist. It's a biblical reason. Eve was deceived. Women have a higher potential for deception, even in today's liberal world, than a man. Because women make more decisions by emotions and feelings than men. Mm-hmm. We are different as night and day. Wow, are you going to get flack for way. that? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's okay. It's okay. And so she's not she's not inferior. She com complements Adam. Amen. She completes Adam. She's absolutely necessary. Okay. Yeah. But with the fall, as you know, because now they're both in sin mm -hmm. and potential for sin nature. Now. Eve's desire after the fall was to control Adam, to have dominion over Adam. Did we get that in, in chapter 4? Yeah. Yeah. And the man wants to dominate the woman. So you have the battle of the sexes because of the fall, not the roaring 20s. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay? You know, you do hear people who will say, well, go back to Genesis, you know. Yeah. There's no hierarchy. Man and, e man and woman were... Co-equal. No, they weren't. The, well, no, the yeah. fact that, to me, the fact that God gave the instructions to Adam and then we have an implied chain of command. Right, absolutely. That Adam gave right. the instructions to right. wife and there was a breakdown actually there yeah. too. Yeah, there's no equals. To, be, to have absolute equals, you can say two oranges. But even in that two oranges, one's bigger than the other. Okay? Yeah. But to measure true equals... You have to have the same kind. One's male, one's female. Yeah, there's the only equal is they're both human beings, mm -hmm. creating the image and likeness of God. But they're not equals. 
Adam's ahead. Eve is a compliment. Well, you, with human beings, it seems to me, you've got to have authority and submission in order for there to be order. Everybody, there's, no, there's not a corporation in the world. There's not a, a, um, um, any business. Yeah. There's not a family. Yeah. Nothing that will function without uh, submission and authority. Somebody has to give the order. Someone has to carry them out. And that's not tyranny and slavery. No, it isn't. No. no it's, it's, for, biblical. it's for productivity, Amen. for efficiency. Amen. As long as you understand that you are both creating the image of God, you're both accountable to God, you're both responsible for your actions towards God first, then man, and that uh, your heart is evil, and your bent will be towards evil. Yeah. And you've got, you need God to direct and guide you. And, you know, biblical leadership, biblical authority is based on, I mean, for us, based on the example of Jesus. Right. Somebody who is uh, in, a, in a position of authority with the intention of service. Right. right. And that's the important thing. Right. And, and like the first sin there, you know, he falls out of fellowship with God. Yeah. Where are you, Adam? Yeah. They try to cover themselves with fig leaves. Yeah. Well, God didn't, wasn't asking him if he was hiding behind the trees. He, he, it was reflexive that he might understand what he had done yeah. and how that affected him and the entire creation and the entire human race. Where are you, Adam? You're fallen from me, from the state that I created you in, from the potential that I gave to you. Yeah. You have fallen short. And like so many questions God asks, you know, it's not because he doesn't understand, right. it's because he needs us. He, he, us to fess up to it. Yeah, to understand exactly right. what's going on. So Eve was deceived. He, she didn't really understand all the implications, but Adam transgressed. Right. So whatever his understanding, he knew what he was doing sure. was contrary, yeah. and uh, he blew it. And I, I guess it would if, be... If, if, if Adam was, did, did, didn't know what he was doing, then God was unfair in judging him. Yeah. But even from the initial command and warning, Adam was without fault. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was responsible for it. Yes. Because he said, the day you eat, you shall surely die. Yeah. Now, that statement of death means first spiritually in fellowship out of God, mm -hmm. and then physical death began the countdown. Right. Would it be accurate to say that our connection with God has never been the same? No. Yeah. Not since Adam. Adam had a very unique relationship that we will never know. And it's only the grace of God that we can have a relationship with God. Yeah. But see, Adam, before the fall, had the potential to sin, but had not sinned. So sin did not master him. After the fall, he had now a potential for sin, and he could not stop sinning. Yeah. There's a distinction. Yeah. We are born into sin have sin nature, and we have a bent towards sin, though we have a potential for good because we're creating the image and likeness of God. Yeah. But the potential for good is not sufficient to save us. It's not a basis by which God has to save us. Um, so we must recognize the justification of Jesus, our righteousness. Our righteousness is filthy rags. Yeah. It cannot be presented to God for accepting us to be saved and forgiven. We must acknowledge our fallenness in Adam. He is called the last Adam, Jesus Christ, because he came in exactly as the first Adam. Though when the first Adam chose to fail, Jesus came to show that he didn't have to fail 
and Jesus did not fail, and Amen. therefore he's called the last Adam. Amen. So people stand the first Adam, fallen, separated from God because of sin, and the evidence is death and sickness and everything else, or you stand in the last Adam, forgiven, justified in Jesus Christ, though you're not perfect, you can live a righteous life now. It's interesting that as Adam fell, and uh, the whole human race, I mean, we, all of us, whoever, you know, in the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul says God created from one blood all the right. people of the earth, right. you know, and uh, so, but the Lord made a way, we believe, in Genesis for Adam to atone for his sins on a occasional basis. Right, thereafter, was, yeah. after he reconciled with God. He made then, offered sacrifice. And he gives it there in uh, Genesis 3.21. God killed a little animal. Right. The blood the was shed, time. the first token of, 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 for, for uh, atonement, covering, or forgiveness, yeah. ultimate yeah. forgiveness, is blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood, Leviticus 17.11. Apart yeah. from the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. The entire Levitical law is built upon that. And so... Um, God uh, would one day atone for the sins of the world through His Son, Jesus Christ. John 3.16 tells us very clearly. Uh, 1 John 2.2, 2, He's the propitiation for our sins, not ours alone, but the whole world. Amen. Amen. If you've tuned in to Keep It Simple, we're going to be right back with you after these messages. We begin our character studies of different individuals of the Bible, and what better place than Adam? There are many women in the scriptures who are models of virtue and the grace of God, and certainly Abigail is one of them high on the list. Pastor Xavier Reese presents the significant people of scripture with his character studies of the Bible series, now available in MP3 audio format on a USB flash drive. This PC or Mac-compatible flash drive contains 169 messages in all, highlighting various figures throughout the Old and New Testaments. We want to begin our study of Mary by looking at the Annunciation. Our character study is Pontius Pilate. Tonight we'll be looking at Paul. From Adam and Eve to the Twelve Apostles and many, many more, Pastor Xavier Reese's Character Studies of the Bible USB flash drive makes a great study tool for the new believer and a perfect reference guide for the whole church. Get yours at the online store at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. That's the Character Studies of the Bible USB flash drive at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese and the Path to Victory. Notice the believers to learn to put off anything that slows them down. I don't think you've ever seen a runner in the Olympics run with combat boots or a winter coat. Put off as a runner anything that keeps stumbling me keeping me from running well. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. There are many familiar yet important figures in the Bible who are recognized for their strength and character. And while considering these strong figures, it's important to remember that a number of them are women. Women who inspire not only because of how they live, but also because of their rock-solid faith. And that's why Pastor Xavier Reese has chosen to highlight several scriptural examples from the Old and New Testaments for a new study series compiled together in one convenient audio CD pack or single MP3 disc titled 12 Women of the Bible. Available now at calvarychapelpasadena.com. 
You'll be inspired by the courageous accounts of Esther, the widow Ruth, the disciple Mary Magdalene, and many more in this audio CD pack for $32 or single MP3 disc for just $12 plus shipping. Look for the 12 Women of the Bible series available now in the online store at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, addressing issues of consequence for the church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you're back with us here on Keep It Simple today, looking at uh, the person of Adam, the individual who began it all, the very first human. We just had an ad, Pastor X, about uh, 12 women of the scripture. And it's interesting. I know we have a special event coming up for the women's ministry. The yeah. women are going to be doing an event and it's uh, based on uh, Psalm 24, I believe, uh, The Secret Life. Mm-hmm. They're going to be having a one-day seminar. It's going to be on May 15th, Saturday, May 15th, yes. right here at the church. And we want to encourage people to take advantage. If you live yeah. in our immediate area to come on out and you can register online. There's no cost involved. They've, there will be a lunch break. It's going to be from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. So if ladies out there are listening to the broadcast would like to do that, they certainly can go to the church website yeah. and register and come on out for the uh, a Secret Life uh, yeah. one-day conference. Yeah, and if you don't live in the area, uh, we'll be streaming it as well. Okay. Yeah, so if you're out of state, you're watching, and you want to join in, we're going to do that. And also on Simple Truths Radio as well. We'll have the audio be good. broadcasted. Yeah. Great. It's be a good day. I understand we have a question for Pastor Xavier that we came do. in, John. We do. Uh, it just came in through e- uh, email. Uh, Tim sent us a question, and he sa- asks, Hi, Pastor X. Uh, what is the best, most clear, and effective way to explain to a non-believer about who rules this world? For instance, Satan is the god of this world, or Christ is king of kings and has already overcome Satan, or God the Father allows for Satan to operate in this world, principalities, rulers of darkness, etc. So many satanic and demonic forces at work these days, so this topic can sometimes be challenging to explain clearly and effectively on the spot to a non-believer while staying within the context of Scripture. Please let me know. Any advice is appreciated. Thank you very much, and God bless. Yeah, well, a lot of what what he said is all true, and it's a way to share it. But again, we understand that the non-believer does not understand spiritual truth. But if God opens that door for you to share with a non-believer, then God is there through the Holy Spirit to illuminate their mind, to understand the conviction of their sin and that they need salvation. And so again, um, the fall came through Satan. The consequences was disobedience, sin and death entered in. And though Satan has hold of the human race, by the fall and the sin nature, Jesus has overcome sin and death and destroyed the works of the devil. But we don't see it all put under his feet as of yet. So we're in this chronological timeline that is headed for the removal of the church at the rapture in the last seven years of tribulation, great tribulation, and then Jesus will return with his church to destroy the armies of the world, bind Satan for a thousand years, and he'll be let loose again after the thousand years, his last rebellion. Then you have the white throne judgment, the new heaven, the new earth, eternity. So right now, though Jesus has conquered death and sin, Satan is still 
uh, active in the world. Ephesians tells us, yeah. the power of the air. Uh, Corinthians uh, tells us uh, the same thing. Uh, Jesus spoke about him um, as the prince uh, of, of the air and all that. But again, uh, the prince of the world. But again, the believer can't, can't control sin and sin nature. Only by the new birth can we say no to sin. That doesn't mean we're sinless. That doesn't mean we can be perfect. But we certainly will be able to live much better, pleasing God more as believers, depending on the Word of God, our new divine nature, the, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and as we gather together and allow Him to mold and shape us. So the main thing is to just give a simple um, re revelation of God's Word. God created everything. Adam blew it. Satan has dominion over man. Dominion means controls with the sin nature. Man can only be freed by that, by repentance of their sin and asking Christ to forgive them and to make them born again children of God. Then you're able to understand God's word. Then you're able to put on the armor of God and you're able to live for the glory of God. Like you were saying, you know, God will honor as long as we're just being obedient to witness to this person. I mean, Amen. he does the sure. illuminating, right? Yeah. I, mean, I was actually just hearing a story of someone how he got saved and he was saying the person that led him to the lord all he did he felt god saying to talk to him and all the guy said was so how are you and he said the way he asked that just something about it pierced his heart and that's when he started to open up and say well we're all just faking hey, it right? it's sure sure and the guy, the lord yeah and the guy said well sure. no, we're not all faking it yeah. you know there's a god who knows your name and and so yeah. on and he, god used that simple how are you to right touch his heart right Pretty and cool. we answer yeah. people you know peter says in first peter three fifteen, that we're to give an answer to every man for the reason of the hope that lies in it with meekness and fear so we know the word of god and god will bring those scriptures up god will give us the wisdom to to share with the people and god through the holy spirit will convict will give illumination whether mm -hmm. that person responds that's the individual choice just like adam sure amen sure. amen the guy that we're dealing with today it's interesting pastor x that the character traits that we see in people all over the world are things that are in the scriptural account of Adam in the fall. We see this replayed over and over and over yeah. again. People, uh, you know, people all over the world, they recognize that there is a moral standard and they recognize pretty clearly they don't live up to it. Right. And right. so, you know, it's interesting. The scripture is revealed as true in, in the history of our world, in current events yeah. every single day. There, there were plenty of consequences to go around in uh, this situation with the fall. And we're, we see those, again, to this day, mm -hmm. we're seeing the consequences in individuals and in people. You know, I mean, we go to hospitals, we see physical illness. Sure. This is a consequence of Adam's fall. Sure, this is not the world that God intended. No. And no, the no. evil of man runs rampant. More we see this today in the, our globalism and the terrorism, uh, the fascism that's going on the desire to destroy nations and make them a global thing, just like the Bible says. Uh, this is all that's going on right now is a dress rehearsal for the Antichrist appearing. Amen. And God will remove his church, the Antichrist will appear, and everybody will be all for the one world government. Everybody will be on board. Right now, it's, uh, it's pretty well on the move. Amen. And it's going to come to pass. Yeah. And God's going to remove his church, and then his wrath will be poured out upon this world such as never before. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a scary phrase. Yes. And, and that's something that, you know, Jesus specifically says. Yes. Like it had never happened before. Never. We've had some pretty horrible times. Yeah. You think about just yeah. last century, World War I, World War II. Yeah. Um, you had the Korean War. You had uh, 
Vietnam, Afghanistan, um, you know. Well, even plagues and pestilences, yeah. you know, millions of people dying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well. But nothing like what's coming, that's yeah. for sure. So Adam is the beginning of our history, but he's also very important to us in a theological sense because he is, you know, I, theologically the foundation of everything that we have right. here. And our understanding of sin, our understanding of sin nature, as you've mentioned. Um, the idea of sin nature is something that we link to him, especially in the scripture in the New Testament, right. isn't it? Right. Uh, Romans 5.12 says that sin entered by one man and death through sin, and death passed to all men. So in other words, because of what Adam did, as we said earlier, he disobeyed, immediately he obtained a nature that had the bent, the propensity to sin. The consequence of sin is death, not the reverse. So wherever you have death, sin still exists. Right. During the millennium kingdom, there will be death. Mm -hmm. Sin will still exist. Now, the world's going to be redone, renovated. Israel's going to be the center of the world's affairs. Jesus is going to be ruined. But those people that didn't accept the mark of the beast during the tribulation, great tribulation, will be allowed to repopulate the earth. Mm -hmm. And they need to repent and ask Christ's forgiveness. And a child dies at 100. He dies young, Isaiah says. So wherever you find death, sin still exists. Interesting. Adam is the beginning of all these things, the idea of sin nature. Yes. It's also interesting that the way that Romans describes the fall of all mankind in one man. Right. In one man. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we remember that genetically, I mean, we were all in the body of Adam. Right. Our genetic, this you know, position, makeup yeah. all inside of him at yeah. the time of the fall. Of, of one blood, one race. Mm -hmm. So all this, all this racism that's being propagated is absolutely false. Well, it's certainly not biblical. Okay. Yeah. We are all related to Adam. They Amen. know genetically. Amen. You take the genetics back, it goes to one man. Just what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So there's not an inferior race. We have different physical features. Some of us have darker skin than others. Sure. Various color, but, but no one's white. There's nobody white. White <laughs> is, is white. There's not a white person, okay? Everybody has color, okay? Yeah. Some more than others. Yeah. But the, the, because of the sin nature, men empower Men in positions of influence take advantage of the ignorance of man and try to divide them, yes. divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. And so you have the pitting of rich against poor, black against white. You have educated against educated. I mean, just go through the whole thing. Yeah. Now it's those who will wear a mask, those who don't wear a mask, uh, those who believe the propaganda of the COVID and those who do not. It's only, it's divide and conquer. This is the sin nature of man. It Amen. will never Amen. stop. You said, you know, taking advantage of the ignorance of men. It's interesting because uh, back in looking at history in the late 1700s, 
when, you know, the, during the time of the American Revolution, and the men who God raised up to be in authority, they really had a very elevated view of mankind. They really, for the most part, those men all believed that slavery was an anachronism that needed to be eradicated. Yeah. And there, you know, unfortunately, there were political obstacles that inhibited them from being able to do it at that right point, away. Yeah. right away. But they did take steps in that right. direction as the, as the nation expanded, right. they made it illegal for slavery to take place sure, sure. in the new territories. Yeah. And, but you see the foolishness of man, by the time you get to the 1850s and 1860s, people had been indoctrinated to believe that people of the African races were less than human. Right. And this was right. the idea that uh, the people in the South really propagated. Yeah. And, and where did that come from? The evil heart of man? It did, absolutely, okay. absolutely. And so now the whole thing is they want to rewrite our history. Yeah. They want to erase our history, the true history, of these godly men that established the nation yeah. through the grace of God, of the struggle against slavery and injustices as the nation was developing and growing, and the fact that they didn't make corrections, yeah. and the fact that it is the greatest nation in the world. Even right now, with all the junk that's going on, it's still the greatest place in the world. If you believe America is racist and evil, systemically, please choose another nation. Yeah. Why are and so go, many people trying to cross our border right yeah, now? And, and, <laughs> and, so and, and go there, and let's see how, how you get it. Yeah. Um, um, I was born in Mexico <clears throat> City, uh, Mexico. Uh, I, I, I have never tried to sneak back to Mexico. Okay? <laughs> never. <laughs> All right? Can I mention real quick, there's a video yesterday I actually saw, I don't know what state it was in, but there was a presence of police and protesters and such, and this lady is almost preaching to these cops saying about white systemic racism and so on, and one of the cops comes up to her and he says, wait a minute, he goes, America and the world has a sin problem. He says, all this hate and anger against people, he goes, it's not because you're white or you're this. He goes, it's a sin problem. He goes, Amen. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's right. He tells her, he goes, read yeah. your Bible, and he yeah. walks away from we, that. We have a spiritual problem. Yeah. yeah. And the worldview has, has, has the key to that. Mm. When you have a biblical worldview, you understand why the world the way it is. Yeah. Mm. When you don't have a biblical worldview, then you've got to come up with a lot of fabricated systems to yeah. try to make it work. And of course, because of the corruptness of heart, you're going to use it to your advantage to put yourself in position of power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. That's what people do. Yeah. yeah. Even whether it makes any sense in sure. reality or not, you know, sure. they're grasping at straws. Yeah. When we refer to the fallen nature of man, it really covers a lot of ground. You know, we consider the effects of Adam's fall. It answers a lot of questions about human corruption. And not only the intentional corruption of, of humankind, how people want to use situations to their own advantage. Yeah. But things that are outside of their control, uh, as we mentioned before, physical illness, mental yeah. illness, yeah. you know, uh, and we, we deal with this stuff all the time. You know, we have this perspective that the church is like a hospital. Right. And so we get people coming to us for help, and, and we don't really have the answers. No. You know, the answer is the Lord. He's the one that holds all the cards. And, and why, you know, people always say, why? God just allows. God allows the yes, evil and the decay and the fall to run its course. Yeah. But yet God is sovereign enough that he intervenes at times. He intervenes to everybody who calls on his name and saves them. 
And even though they still remember what they did and what they committed, Amen. he says he does not. He puts it away. So I have to put on my biblical worldview so that I don't live under condemnation yeah. or the critical spirit of other people, yeah. but that I rest in Christ Jesus. But there are consequences that we have to deal with. And, and those are choices. You know, we talk about Adam. And people say, well, that's not fair. Well, you know, um, a girl gets involved with a guy. They don't get married. She gets pregnant. Yeah. She doesn't marry him. She has the kid. And um, the kid doesn't have his father's last name. Yeah. Or even if he takes his father's last name, he doesn't have a father because she never married him. Yeah. Okay? And all of this is going to affect his life one way or the other. Now, if he comes to the Lord, he'll understand God's grace and be able to deal with that. But if he doesn't, then that is going to follow him. That's going to affect him every which way. Yeah. It's going to affect her every which way. So though we can be forgiven for our sins, we, the consequences are not removed from our life. Amen. You yeah. have to live with those consequences. Now, I would much rather live with the consequences of my sins before Christ, in Christ, than without Christ. Oh, yeah. Because without Christ, you're going to justify, you're going to accuse, you're going to drink, you're going to take drugs, you're going to become more destructive yourself than others. <laughs> you will jizz, you'll go to the shrink, yeah. you'll whatever, okay? Yeah. So whatever happens in your life, if you don't come to Christ, you become bitter. And with Christ, you can become better. Amen. But there's even Christians that even though they come to Christ, they remain bitter. Well, it's interesting okay. how people will come to faith in Christ, but they want to hold on to yeah. the situation in the world. Yeah. They want to go to a psychiatrist to yeah. understand yeah. their life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only benefit you're going to get from that situation is paying somebody to listen to you right. Right. And, and share your, your problems and difficulty. Yeah. There's a majority. I mean, you, I, I think you still remember when we counseled uh, that, that shrink that came here with his wife. Yes. You know, and, and you guys have to just give me a second here. You know, Tony used to paint for a living. Um, I, 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 I was a kung fu instructor. I've done cement. I've done different things. And, and, and here, Tony, he, he's counseling the shrink because he has a bad marriage, and he, he's an ex-painter. Okay? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, in, from what I heard, this guy, he closed up his, his psychology practice during COVID because uh, he went broke. And so the majority of people out there, psychologists, they have messed up homes. Yeah. And they're telling you how to live your life. It's hypocritical. Yeah. It's amazing. One of the terms that we hear used concerning the nature of man, especially with reference to Calvinist teachings, is total depravity. When, when people use this term, what do they mean by the phrase, Pastor X? Well, the Calvinists use total depravity as, as, as saying that man is so depraved that he cannot do anything to be saved. And if he tries to claim anything, then those are works. But the word total depravity means that we are fallen. Mm -hmm. Our nature has been changed, affected. But the image and likeness of God is not totally obliterated. Okay? So even a lost person, before I came to Christ, I was still in the image and likeness of God, but tainted because of Adam's fall. Mm. Um, now, depravity... It's biblical, but not total depravity. Mm -hmm.
total depravity, the word total, has been added by the Calvinistic theology. Every one of the five points of, of Calvinism, the prefix is fabricated and added to go along with their false theology. Um, total depravity is not biblical. Depravity is. Amen. Okay? Good point. And so, uh, irresistible grace, grace is biblical, but not irresistable. Right. Okay? It's like grace, I have no, right. no control. Right, right. Yeah. right. So you to have to be it. careful. Yeah. If you define total depravity, and, and I don't use the word total, ever. Mm -hmm. I am depraved, mm -hmm. in part. So atonement is legitimate. Atonement it's is, not I limited depend, atonement. I depend, right. It's for every person. Amen. And I depend upon his death and his blood to make me righteous. Mm -hmm. Romans 5, 1 and 2. But uh, that doesn't mean I don't have a potential for good. Because even, even I or you or anybody else in the world, before they're born again, they have a potential to do good. They do some good things. Amen. They're sure. kind to some people. Yeah. They, uh, they jump out of their car when another car's on fire and they pull a person out. Those are great deeds. Amen. But none of that can save me. So I have a potential for good because I'm creating the image and likeness of God. But none of that goodness can be presented before God so that he accepts me as a candidate for salvation. Yeah. I must look to Jesus Christ who died in my place for my sin to forgive me. It's interesting. One of the things that you bring up from time to time has to do with the way that terms are redefined right. for the advantage of a new philosophy or idea usually contrary to the truth. Right. And we see that politically right now, it's yeah. happening in a powerful way. Yeah. They use it mm -hmm. to their own advantage. They right. twist it, yeah. they corrupt it. It's interesting to yeah. see it in theology, right. to see it right. done in that way. You know, the crazy thing to me is that people can be in a, a depraved state and still believe that they're okay in the sight of God. Right. They can be deceived like that. And, and because of the, again, the worldview they have because of the humanistic teaching. Mm -hmm. The humanistic teaching or the philosophical teaching, whatever school it is, or psychological schools, um, or, 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 or atheistic. If you're an atheist, you just say, well, there's no God. Yeah. So you just, no big deal, you just live and then die and that's it. And you believe it, but you're wrong. Amen. Every person that has died physically and has died without being born again, is in hell right now. Amen. And every person in hell understands they sent themselves there. That God did not send them there. They sent themselves there by rejecting the only way to be forgiven, reconciled to God, and to receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. They know no one's boasting in hell. No one's having a party in hell. When in the 60s, we used to say, oh yeah, J.J. and Jimmy... Henrik, they're all having a bad party down there. Yeah, bad, but there's no party. No. Everybody knows that they sent themselves there. Amen. When they could have gone to heaven. That's pretty crazy. Do you think the scripture tells us this is one of the reasons the Lord really initiated the law, is to help right. people have a clarity about yeah. where they are sure. and how they're removed from him. Yeah. The law is holy, just, and good. I mean, even our traffic laws are there for our good. You know what I mean? And the law only proves that I'm a sinner. Amen. I mean, the, the speed limit says 65. I go 80. 75. 67. <laughs> okay? It's still sin. It's still sin. Okay? <laughs> or it says 65 and a guy gets down there going 50. Yeah. That's just as bad. Okay? Well, worse in some so, way. <laughs> you know what I mean? You endanger people more. Yeah. So, so the law only provokes me to sin. 
It's like that sign that we always say, you know, it says wet paint, don't touch. What do people do? They touch it. Amen. Please stay off the grass. What do you do? You crawl across it. Because man's a rebel. He's a lawbreaker. So law doesn't justify me. It only proves me I'm wrong. It punishes me. Yeah. Yeah. You would think the conscience of a person would do the job of directing them to turn to God. But unfortunately, that's not the case. No. I mean, conscience is good. God's given us conscience. That conscience works in terms of uh, understanding right and wrong because we're created again in the moral image of God. And so we can tell right from wrong. Every person knows right from wrong. Yeah. Though they have a sin nature, and parents raise their children to know right from wrong in a civilized world. Yeah. But even in the savage world, there's right and wrong understood about certain things. Some things are absolute. You don't take another man's wife. You don't kill somebody just because you want to. Even the most savage people in the world understand this. And so they're, they're basic. But when you indoctrinate yourself or masses of people to recalibrate your mind to what is contrary to nature, mm -hmm. then your conscience becomes seared, yes. like with a hot iron. Mm -hmm. Your conscience can be defiled, it can be weak, it can be seared, it can be evil, it can be good. The Bible speaks all about that. Yeah. But the conscience in, in Romans chapter 1 and 2, it says from, from conscience and, and creation, from creation, conscience, and history, man is without excuse. God exists. And that threefold evidence is enough for God to pour his wrath out on anybody right now. Amen. It's not sufficient to save you. That's general revelation. Creation, conscience, history. You need special revelation that God sent his son to die for you. That if you confess him and ask him to forgive you, he will forgive you and justify you before God. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. Amen. That's awesome. That's amazing. You know, one of the things we always do circle back to is how Jesus shows up in every page of Scripture, either directly or by implication, but in every issue of Scripture, and certainly the, you know, the life of Adam is no exception. Yeah, yeah. Again, he's called the last Adam. Right. And so uh, he, he demonstrates his desire to reconcile man to God according to the prophecies. Way back in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. That's the first prophecy of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. He's repeated to Isaiah 7.14, Behold, a virgin shall bear a child. Call his name Emmanuel. Matthew 1.21 picks it up in fulfillment of. And Jesus Christ arrives. He reconciled man, but not automatically. He died for the whole world, but not the whole world wants to be saved. Every, the whole world can go to heaven, but the majority of the world wants to go to hell. Yeah. It sounds kind of weird, but that's the fact. The road to heaven is not crowded. The road to hell is very, very crowded. Yeah, and so if you're out there listening, keep in mind, Jesus loves you. He died for your sin. He is the last Adam. There's not another one coming. He is the ultimate of all the prophecies, the fulfillment of it. And he's going to come for his church in the rapture. And then there's going to be the wrath of God poured out upon this world as the Antichrist takes hold of, the, of this chaotic world. He's going to have all the solutions political solutions, spiritual solutions, monetary solutions, military solutions, and he's going to deceive the world, and most of all, he's going to deceive Israel. Build them a temple, and then he'll walk in that temple, declare himself God, and Israel will flee to the wilderness for three and a half years. God will protect her, knowing that they've been deceived, and they will cry out for their Lord, 
Jesus said, you shall not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. And so, um, keep the gospel simple. God is holy, man is evil. God is seeking to save the lost. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.